Welcome to Hand Surgery Resources Podcast. Welcome to Hand Surgery Resources Podcast on Decurvain's disease. This podcast highlights the major symptoms, signs, and treatment options for Decurvain's disease, also called Decurvain's tenosynovitis or Decurvain's tendonitis. One of the most common symptoms associated with Decurvain's tendonitis is radial wrist pain aggravated by thumb motion. In chronic cases, there may also be swelling over the radial styloid area. The radial styloid area is located just proximal to the base of the thumb. Decurvain's disease is more common in women and is frequently seen in postpartum mothers. Physical exam findings include point tenderness and swelling over the first extensor tendon compartment at the radial styloid. When testing for tenderness in the first dorsal compartment, the examiner pushes down on the abductor pollicis longus and extensor pollicis brevis tendons at the radial styloid. Reproducing the patient's pain during this exam is a positive finding supporting the diagnosis of decurvain's tendonitis. With patients with decurvain's tendonitis, they also typically have a positive Finkelstein sign. Test for a positive Finkelstein sign, the patient's thumb is placed in the palm, the fingers are wrapped around the thumb, and the relaxed wrist is ulnarly deviated. Ulnar wrist deviation is the wrist motion seen while hammering a nail. This maneuver pulls the tendons of the first extensor compartment distally through the tight compartment's sheath, and like point tenderness, reproduces the pain associated with decurvain's tendonitis. If this maneuver reproduces the pain at the radial styloid, then the Finkelstein sign is positive and supports the diagnosis. Alternatively, you can do the Finkelstein sign by holding the thumb straight and simply passively flexing the thumb MP joint. This action pulls the extensor pollicis brevis through the first dorsal compartment, causes the pain, and also indicates a positive Finkelstein sign. Note the MP joint is the middle joint of the thumb. The diagnosis of Decurvain's disease can usually be made by history and physical exam alone. Confirmation by MRI and or ultrasound is possible, but usually not necessary. Ultrasound can show the extensor tendons moving through the tight first extensor compartment, thus revealing the constriction and then tendon swelling, which is caused by the enlarged, thickened sheath of the first dorsal compartment. Treatment options for Decurvain's disease include nighttime thumb spike splinting, oral or topical NSAIDs like naproxen, cortisone injections, and surgical release of the first extensor compartment. Surgical release is typically done through a transverse incision just distal to the radial styloid. An arm tourniquet is used to temporarily control bleeding and to improve visualization of the anatomic structures. The radial sensory nerve is protected from injury by gentle retraction. The first extensor compartment sheath and the extensor pollicis brevis subsheath are exposed, then released completely by cutting the tube of the sheath longitudinally at its dorsal ulnar edge. From a surgical point of view, it should be noted that the first extensor tendon compartment contains two extensor tendons, the extensor pollicis brevis and the abductor pollicis longus. However, the abductor pollicis often has multiple tendon slips in the first extensor compartment, sometimes as many as five slips. In addition, 70% of the time, the extensor pollicis brevis has a separate internal extensor tendon compartment inside the first extensor compartment, which must also be identified and released. After surgery, a dressing is applied and early wrist and thumb motion are started. Occasionally, hand therapy is indicated. The skin sutures are removed at 10 to 14 days postoperatively. Most daily activities can be started immediately. The incision area can get wet after the sutures are removed. The patient usually can return to work within one to six weeks after surgery, depending on the specific demands of their occupation.
Surgical complications are very rare. Possible complications include minor bleeding, local temporary swelling, ecchymosis of the skin around the incisional area, i.e. black and blue, infection, nerve injury, persistent or recurrent symptoms, etc. Surgery is usually performed in an ambulatory surgical setting under local anesthesia with sedation. In conclusion, let's review the key points of Decavane's tendonitis. One, Decavane's tendonitis is a common cause of radial wrist pain aggravated by wrist and thumb motion. Two, with Decavane's tendonitis, there is usually point tenderness at the first dorsal extensor tendon compartment. Three, Decavane's tendonitis is associated with a positive Finkelstein sign. Four, MRI and ultrasound are usually not needed to make the diagnosis of Decavane's tendonitis. Five, treatment options include splinting, medications, and surgical release of the first extensor compartment. For more information, please visit www.handsurgeryresource.org and see the Decavane's Tenosynovitis Diagnostic Guide in our Hand Surgery Source online text. Thank you for your interest in our podcast on Decavane's Tenosynovitis.